Life is a roller coaster in itself. The knowns and the unknowns, the struggle, the joys and disappointments, the trauma, the loss, and all the moments in between that seem to come full circle. In the midst of the lives we live daily, oftentimes unexpected curveballs enter into our airspace. Those moments compiled affect us in the physical, immerse themselves within our mental, emotional, and spiritual beings. These moments are powerful and create a story, your story, a story where you can be empowered to thrive and not just survive. This is the Power of the Pea podcast. Welcome back to the Power of the Pea podcast. This is your host, Tiffany Cepeda, life coach, author, and we also have my husband, Nelson, here, also a life coach, and we are so excited to kind of dive into a topic of how to move forward and be forward thinking and get unstuck and kind of how our bodies and brains are designed to, yeah, be more future focused, but also how do we balance living in the present? And so I think it's going to be kind of a fun topic. We have a lot of interesting spins that we're going to be chatting about today. You know, that's interesting that you say that because living in the present, sometimes we get so lost on just focusing on the future that we don't even know how we're going to get there. So I'm glad that you're mentioning that because one of the things we talk about all the time is how to plan, you know, how to have effective planning and uh, what do you want today? Uh, And there's a lot of things that we think about, but you really can't understand where you are until you really understand where you've been, you know? And talking about the future is really something that you see, but how do you get there? So I'm looking forward to this topic because there's even some biblical principles that you need to understand that God's always envisioned us to look forward, but in a good way, not in a bad way, you know? Yeah, this is an area that I feel I have been driven by my entire life. I have found that it's very difficult for me to focus on the present because I'm actually too future focused. And this has been an issue of mine. Even my mom says it since I was a kid. I don't know why I'm just wired that way. It's my, I think, driven personality. And everybody has a different personality type too. And so that also plays into this whole, um, you know, is it easier for you to be future focused, future minded? Is it easier for you to soak in and slow down and live in the moment, live in the present? Is it easier for, or more natural, I should say, not easier, but is it more natural for you to feel stuck and maybe see more roadblocks than see roadways and opportunities and openings? You know, I think everybody's brain and how we process is so unique and different. And so I think it's so important to learn yourself and become self-aware. This is a huge concept we actually teach in our life coaching courses and um, in our sessions is self-awareness. It's actually our number one pillar that we have all of our clients hone in on because you can't get to any other phase in life unless you master self-awareness. And I think a big part of that is learning how you operate. How, What's natural to you? How do you function? What does your brain typically, you know, jump to a conclusion first? Is it more on the positive side, the negative side? Do you see opportunities? Do you see the roadblocks? And how can we address X, Y, Z and, you know, cert specific areas of your life to get you to move forward, to get you to have a thriving, successful future, um, whatever that may look like for each individual. And so I love to use this concept as well for me personally, but I've had to, because I've been so future focused, I've had to learn how to hone in 
on living in the present. And so I actually have a few tips I'm going to share in a minute about how to bring your brain into the present that I literally apply every single day because it doesn't come natural to me in my makeup. Um, so yeah, I'm really, really excited to kind of dive into this whole concept here. And as Hubby said, we also have a few, you know, scriptural things we're going to share because it's incredible when you can link the word of God to also the science of how God actually wired and created the human brain and body to function. It, they literally go hand in hand. You, you know, you're, you're so right there, but nobody, in my opinion, I haven't met anybody yet that looks forward to the future in a bad way. <laughs> you know, so I can't wait to wake up tomorrow. And my day's going to go horrible and the car won't start or anything else. I'm looking forward to that. Let me set the alarm clock for that. Nobody thinks that way. But we do these certain things that it's always on an outlook, even even sports and military and all these things that you do that you train. You train for something that's unknown, but you do have the vision of what you want it to look like. You know, you practice because you want to win. If you go to basic training or you're in the military, you, you learn strategies. Why? Because the end goal is to win. So everyone's purpose should be fulfilled in a good manner. There should be a positive outcome. But how do you actually do that? You know, how do you do that? Are you thinking about, uh, I don't know how it looks like. I don't know what's going on. Man, my life is always horrible. Man, I don't know why it's always showing up so bad. And I can't, I, I, don't, I can't stand this. I can't stand that. Well, that's how your life is showing up. Because you're always thinking about that. That's what you're always seeing. And God didn't do that. God actually showed us, if anything, he showed us, hey, listen, I'm not showing you how to die. I'm showing you how to live. In fact, I'm coming here to die. And I'm going to put myself on the cross. And I'm going to die for your sins so that you never die. And I'm going to wake up on the third day so that you can know that if you follow me, you will have everlasting life. And that's what it is. Life here on earth as it is in heaven. There's a reason why that prayer says that. There's a reason why we need to start following him. Because when we follow him, we know that through death, we're not dying. We're actually about to live. Because, you know, you you look at people when they're when they're talking about what job they want, uh, what kind of relationship they want. Everyone has the vision of what that should look like. You know, you look at yourself. I don't think anybody looks at a relationship and says, yeah, I can't wait to get married because we're going to scream at each other every day. And we're going to yell at each other and throw stuff at each other. I'm looking forward to that. I hope they hit me. No. Nobody looks at that. Everything that one sees, even in the monetary aspect, even in the relationship aspect, parenting, the relationship with your friends, you always look forward to how good it's going to be when you look forward. To, Man, I can't wait to go Friday night when we go see the football game on Sunday. Whatever you entertain yourself with, it's always on a positive outcome. So what do you apply every day to get there? Your plan. Do you plan to fail or you don't plan, which is actually a plan to fail? How do you actually plan? And there's some principalities that you're going to be talking about and some things that the Bible shows us, you know, what we're going to have to do and what we should be doing and leading by example. Jesus came over here to show us how to do it so that we don't have to put too much guesswork in it so that we can actually see the road, the path to actually glory. And that's humbling when you really understand and that resonates with you to know what the outcome is. So many people are talking about right now. Oh, the end is starting. The end is near. Everything's happening. Well, I don't know if that's so bad because based on what I know, the end comes and then thereafter, I don't have to worry about 
any junk. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't even have to worry about going to work. I don't have to worry about nothing. Just enjoying my loved ones and understanding what love and peace is really about, what it should be. It's not about a nuclear bomb. Yeah, and I want to go back, actually, and hone in on um, the power of thought. So I actually just had a talk earlier this week, and I had shared this statistic. It's something that I think is very profound when you can wrap your mind around it. But did you know that 70,000 thoughts are the average amount of thoughts that a human has every single day? And out of those 70,000 thoughts, 90% of those thoughts are actually reoccurring thoughts. So they come on a cycle, so to speak. You can think of it as like a hamster wheel or it just it, it plays on repeat, so to speak, in your brain. And so whatever you're focusing on, you know, like he was talking about, whether that's positive or negative, the outcome of your day. No one wakes up and, you know, is looking forward to their car not starting or they're being traffic and they're running late to work. But when we encounter these moments of stress and they trigger this, you know, negative thought, you want to work really hard to quickly remove that thought and focus on something positive because otherwise those negative thoughts will continue to subconsciously play in your brain over and over 90% of the thoughts that you have, that thought will just be going around 90% of the time in your whole day. And that typically snowball affects how the rest of your outlook is in every task that you encounter in that day um, and maybe every interaction that you encounter in that day. And so the power of your thought um, is extremely profound. In fact, I was also talking with another uh, colleague, he's a physical therapist, and he was sharing this incredible um, example of off of what I had presented, uh, just to prove that the power of thought is so true. So we had this client and he had, um, some issues with walking. He's been using crutches and things like that. And has just been really, really discouraged about being able to walk again. And he was like, I just can't do it. It's just so hard. And so the physician was like, okay, I want you to go back in your mind and visualize when you were your 20 year old self in that 20 year old body walking and running and able to do all of these things where it was easy to just stand up without even having to, you know, think about it. And and he visualized this and he literally was able to stand up on his own and start walking. And so he was sharing, you know, see the power of thought, even in practical things like being able to do something that you feel is difficult or maybe near impossible to do actually will put your body physically and physiologically into a space to be able to overcome and conquer those things. And so um, that's just like a quick example of how that can be used. But the power of our thought, again, will 100% direct the course of your day and your emotions and all of these things. And um, I want to, well, I'll, I think you have something to say, but I want to hone in on that here in a second. No, I I just wanted to elaborate a little bit more on that note that you were saying about your the power of the mind and the power of your thoughts. Thoughts are creation. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not coming. Those thoughts are what you seem to believe that will be coming. And so a man thinks in his heart, so he is, really resonates with me. Because if you believe you're not an achiever and you believe that your your life is horrible and it keeps showing up horribly, then don't be shocked. 
You know, I mean, that's that's all you keep thinking about. That's all you keep saying. And if you keep saying I never have money, I, I can't get out of this. I can't get out of that. There's a difference between circumstances and a difference between dwelling in the circumstance. You know, you, you have to have that resonant. And I said this in the beginning, but I'll say it again because maybe I need to reiterate what I mean by that. For you to be able to know where you are, you must understand where you've been. That is the only clear way to see what you want in the future. Say that one more time. For you to understand where you are, you must understand where you've been so that you can make those decisions to point you in the right direction into the future. And it doesn't mean that it's going to be a yellow brick road after that. It, it could mean there's going to be obstacles and circumstances, but the circumstances doesn't mean that you don't get back on the road to the path of the future or what you're looking for. You know, Everything, going back to sports, going back to even even military training, you know, you are training for something that you don't know might happen. But the end result of all your training is to make sure that if it does happen, you come out victorious. In sports, the same thing. You go to practice whether it's baseball, football, any sport, the reason why you practice, you don't just practice on how to kick a ball. You practice on strategizing what could be against you that you can overcome and get the goal or get the hit or get the home run, whatever it is. Those are the things that life is about. What is the end goal? Is it positive? You always want to be victorious. You know, there's there's a, a passage here that kind of stuck out to me. And, and I'm just going to read it because it's really talking to me here. And that is about hope because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about that hope, that positive thinking, that positive vibe. And it's in Jeremiah 29, 11. And it says how God is always there with us. And he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's profound because if we think about our future, we really don't know if it's going to show up the way that we wanted it. And, and again, reiterating that none of us wanted to show up negatively, that hope is what drives us. That is that faith in the unseen. Those are the things that you're going to practice to get to your end goal day in and day out, despite what happens. I challenge anybody when they're sick. We all get sick. We all catch colds. But you know what? I have discovered, and we even saw our stats on that on how fast people get well when they get in bed and they go, look, you know what? I'm going to beat this thing. I'm going to take the water. I'm going to take my vitamins. I'm going to do all the things I got to do to make sure that I get well. And they're picturing themselves get better. And they get better nine times out of 10 faster than the people that just consume themselves. They're like, oh my goodness, I don't know what this is. And, and that is what we're talking about. Positive outlook, positive thinking. So your future comes out to be positive. Because if you walk that and you talk that, you receive that. Yeah, and it's funny because I've actually run into quite a few people who are very um, anti-positive thinking. They think it does not work. And actually, that's exactly how God designed us. <laughs> I think it's just so um, ironic because most of them are believers that um, are very hesitant towards the speaking positively and really how much impact that has on a person's life, 
um, mental health, emotional health, and even their future. And it is directly correlated. You know, the Lord talks over and over and over again. You can find it all through scripture. Old Testament talks a lot in the New Testament about the power of our words and the power of our thoughts. That's one of the biggest reasons why we are reminded to put on the full armor of God, right? Because we have to protect all of these things and how words literally have the power of life or death. And even, and I was just reading a parable in Matthew, I think it was chapter 22. And, you know, Jesus is even reminding his disciples, if you just have a little bit of faith, as small as mustard seed, you can literally speak to this mountain and move it. And you can do much more than the miracles that I have shown you and that I have performed in front of you. And I think we really skim over the profoundness of what that really means. You know, Jesus was not speaking to us figuratively. He was literally saying, you are made in my image and likeness and you have the power to create by your words and by your thoughts. Because before Jesus created and spoke the world into existence, or, you know, God the Father, he had to first think about what he was going to create, you know, the power of thought, and then the power of the word. And that's why he says, you know, it's still to this day, his living word. And that's why we read, we put so much time and, and clout into it, because we know that it never returns void, it always returns fulfilled. And so I, I share that because the power of our words, the power of our thoughts are linked, they go hand in hand, before you can speak something, you first have to think about it. And that is going to be creation of whatever it is that you're wanting. And it may not, you know, happen instantly, it could be a creation of something that comes to fulfillment or manifests in the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, six months, you know, only the Lord knows the timing of that. But your words and your thoughts have so much weight in your life and in other people's lives. That's why he always says, guard your words and guard your hearts, because what other people can speak to, if you receive that, it can really affect you. But if you have that shield up, you put that armor of God on, it bounces right off. It doesn't penetrate you. And The whole reason why is, you know, we are told to do these things to protect our thoughts, to protect our words, to protect our mind, and um, is, is because of that, just the power that they have in our life. And so going back to uh, Jeremiah 29, I want to give a little bit of context. If you, I always say this, you know, if you read any scripture at all, read the full chapter, do your study on it and get the full picture of what's going on and really make sure that you read it in context. So you're understanding exactly how the Lord intended it to be instead of just how you're processing it to be. And then the Lord will speak to you through that, you know, but um, to give a little bit of background. So God's people were basically in exile for seven, it had to be, I believe, 77 years. And they were in Babylon for this time. Yeah, 70 years, not 77. And so basically after the 70 years would be completed in Babylon, that's when, you know, God is saying, I'm going to visit you. Like these are my promises is for peace. And I love this version. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And when you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart and I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all nations and from all places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. And so it's really such a beautiful picture of God's heart 
and how he is a God of restoration. He's definitely God of discipline, which is why they were in captivity. And again, if you don't know, go and read. (laughs) It's very clear why they were being disciplined in this way. But it's a beautiful thing to see like God is such a God of grace and a God of restoration and a God of peace. And that's really ultimately what he wants in our lives. But sometimes because of our thoughts and our choices, um, because of our thoughts, we then make choices, right? That's just kind of how it goes. Um, Things kind of can be easily misaligned in our life, the, different than maybe what the way God originally intended. But similar to, you know, that passage in Jeremiah 29, we see how even though they misaligned themselves somewhere along the road with the Lord himself and chose to do their own thing, instead of living in love and obedience and in tune with the Lord, everything started going like chaotic in their life. And God's reminding them, you don't have to live in that chaos. You don't have to be stuck feeling like this is how my life is going to be forever. (laughs) You know, it's miserable. I cannot see a way out of this. And God was coming and speaking to them. No, I have a hope. I have a future for you. And that's really what I want to hone in on in this episode today is just that there's so much hope when you can be future minded the way that God designed you to be. Instead of being focused on your present circumstance that you feel like there is no way out of, whether that's financial, whether that's a job situation, a difficult dynamic that you're dealing with, Um, it it could be a relationship. It could be a loss. It could be anything. Um, I mean, look at the chaos of the world that we're living in. It could just be that living in stress constantly. Um, and so that's not how we are designed to live, but when you can be future focused on what the Lord really has for you, even if you don't feel like you're there right now, or maybe you don't even see the path to get there anytime soon, when you keep your eyes fixed there, like, you know, Jesus reminds us a lot in the New Testament, be heaven-minded. Let your thoughts be heavenly thoughts, things of the future, things of my character and what I have for you. That's what keeps us going. But then he also calls us to be in the present so we don't miss out on the little blessings that he has along the way. And so gratitude, I talked about this a couple episodes ago, is really what keeps you in the present. And it allow, it prevents you from being stuck. It prevents you from feeling anxious. It prevents you from feeling stressed because gratitude and anxiety and stress cannot coincide at the same time in the brain. And that's like light and dark. They just can't, they, they can't coexist, period. Um, you, you know, it, it's so... I'm glad you said that. That's so good because so many times we lose that hope and and hope is really the faith that you need to have. Um, And and it brought me back to a passage that I read earlier and it was uh, Isaiah 40, 31. In fact, let me look that up and and get exactly what it says. Give me one second. All right, here it is. It says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their will, renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and they will not run and grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And you know, let me tell you something. That's it. You will never get exhausted when you're having a positive outlook on what's happening. That never gets anybody exhausted because that actually triggers all the things that make you happy. Those are the things that give you the motivation to get up and go forward. The things that stress you out, the things that 
you don't can't stand, whether the person you're with, who where you're going to work, whatever. Those are the things that get you exhausted because you get in your head and you're like, oh, I can't even you don't even want to get up when the alarm clock goes off and you want to hit it and actually knock it off of, of the, the dresser and stuff. It's like or the nightstand. It's it's one of those things that you just waking up and looking forward to getting up so you can go do the things that you are excited about. That creates that synergy of excitement and movement and pleasure. That is what makes you look forward to, you know what, I'm going to work. I'm providing. Thank you, Lord, for letting me provide for my family. Um, today, today was a, I mean, this is a corny story, but it actually makes some sense. Talk about looking forward to the future and stuff. I had to get tires. I had to get tires for my car. And, um, you know, what's, what's the hope of that? The hope is that, you know, I, I get a better ride. I get better gas mileage, smoother ride. But why did I get the tires? Because they were worn out. And if I didn't get the tires, guess what? The only thing that I'm looking forward to is that, man, you know, what if I have a blowout? What if I don't handle the same? What if it rains in a hydroplane and then I get an accident? So that is kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to do the smart thing and I'm going to get some tires. And it made me so happy. Once I got the tires, I got the tires, the cars felt better. I made the right choice with the tires I decided to get. I, I felt a smoother ride. I now feel comfortable if it rains. It gave me that satisfaction. All right, I got it. And that's kind of like, as corny as that sounds, that's what faith is about, is walking forward with the grace of God and knowing who's got your back, knowing who's going to get you to that road that you are, it may be unknown, but he will always take you on the road known. And sometimes when you're off track, it's just a circumstance. It doesn't mean that's where you are and that's where you have to stay. You just have to get back focused and go. And if you have that positive outlook, you'll get positively back on track. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, speaking of future thinking, something else that I was reminded of this week is, you know, the Lord wrote the entire book, right, beginning to end, so much so that he wrote Revelation, which is prophetic of the future. We aren't even living in that time yet. So he himself is future focused, and yet he still lives in the present with us every single day. And he, you know, reminds us to live like him as much as we can be. And I think sometimes we take that a little too seriously um, because he knows, you know, we're imperfect. All of us are imperfect. And the ultimate goal is just to strive to have his heart. And to be reflective of that. And I think one of the best ways to hone in into the present is to, you know, yes, gratitude, like I mentioned before, which automatically will eliminate stress and anxiety in your life. But also being intentional with your mind that you focus on exactly what you're doing in the in the present moment. So, for example, this is something I work on when I'm feeling like I'm thinking about too many things in the future and not focusing on being present, whether that's with my kids or with, you know, my spouse or in what I'm doing in the activity, because I have, you know, a list mile long of things in my head that I'm like, oh, I got to do this and this and this after. Um, or maybe I'm just stressed about something coming up. I will literally think about, so if I'm with the kids and I'm outside drawing chalk, I literally think like this, what am I, what I'm doing? Okay. I'm drawing chalk. I am writing a circle. I am seeing the sunshine. Like I just start in my head, literally naming the things that I am doing step by step by step. And as corny and silly as that sounds, it works. It intentionally brings your brain right into the present. It's a really simple practice and tool that you can use no matter where you're at. Um, but 
yeah, I think at the end of the day, the goal is peace, right? That's what we're all striving for. And the Lord, that was one of the last words he left to us in, in the book of John. And um, I also think it mentions it in Acts, but it is just that peace I leave with you. And so peace is readily available to us. It's just, are we putting ourselves in a position to access that peace and to live in that level of peace. And um, I think that's really what we're honing in on and, and that whole goal. And these are some practical tools that we shared that you can implement in your life to try to get yourself aligned in that direction, to be able to live in the fullness of peace and the presence that he wants you in, but also to be excited and hopeful for what is to come in your life and the good things that are going to be on their way. Even if you don't know what they are, start thanking him for them. Thank you for what is coming. Even if I don't see it, even if I'm having a hard time believing it. And I'm telling you, when you start just having that, again, that attitude of gratitude, which again is not, and I, a thing done by accident. When you read all through scripture, that's the number one thing he says all the time over and over and over, even in the Old Testament, Psalms and Proverbs, always about gratitude, always about thankfulness. I mean, everything is about that. Why? Because he already knew that our brains are designed that way. That if we're living in gratitude and thankfulness in our brain, we will have more peace in our life, which is the ultimate goal. You know, you're, you're so right. We see our children all the time. You know, children, you can learn so much from kids. You look at them, their purity. They always have a positive outlook on these. They always want to have fun. They always want to do things. One of the things that we love to do, because, hey, we get it. Those that are married, they have jobs, they have kids, they have their mother, their father, whatever the case might be. There's a lot of things that we have to remember throughout the day. Write it down. Write it down. There's nothing better than having like a vision board and try to like have a to-do list on, on what you like to do within the year, within three years, within five years. And what are the steps are you going to do to actually acquire those things? And it doesn't just have to be materialistic. It can be an emotional thing. It can be a spiritual thing, your emotional strength. What do you want to do with your, your family? What vacation do you want to go on? What kind of money do you want to put away? All these things, when you have a plan, when you actually look at it, I'm telling you, it is so much easier than trying to do it every single day in your mind and try to remember everything. It's a very good thing. Listen, here's the thing. I haven't seen anybody yet, and I, I, I speak to, I don't know of anyone that can remember the Bible, but there's a reason why God had it written down so that we can have a reference to go. That's our book of life. That's our guideline. That's our life manual so we can know exactly what we have to do and what we shouldn't do. Um, and that's a beautiful thing because, listen, he's, just, again, showing us by example. Write it down. And when you write it down and you go on that plan, you will never fail. We know that if we follow the book of life, the Bible, and what it says that's been written down, we know that we have eternal life. Period. End of story. That's what we know. We know that Jesus came here to make sure that we wouldn't have to suffer the way he suffered. And even when we think we're suffering, we're not even suffering even close to, not even close to what he did for us. So the fact is, live positively, think positively, and walk in that, and wake up. I challenge everyone, the next 30 days, every time you hear that alarm clock, instead of hitting the snooze for 10 minutes or whatever, and let's say you do, just be thankful, like, ah, oh, thank you, another blessed day. When you go out, if it's raining, well, thank you, Jesus, for watering the lawn. Thank you. 
And I know that sounds weird, but that will start training your mind to be defaulted to positive than defaulted to negative. And it will start creating that attitude of gratitude. Yeah, so true. And it's okay to have your feelings. I always say this. Don't ever deny your feelings because then you're just stuffing them down. But learning to not live in your feelings, gratitude is such a simple way and a simple tool to be able to do that. And it feels awkward sometimes and hard some days. I mean, even for me, some days I wake up and I'm just not in the mood to want to do anything or to have a happy attitude. (laughs) We all are, you know, not immune to that. I mean, everybody experiences that. Um, And, and that's okay too. We're human and the Lord knows that. But I think just sit down, find a few things that bring you joy. And I think that's the first step to self-awareness, learning about what, what brings you joy, what makes you tick. Like for me, it's going to Foxtail and getting their peach iced tea lemonade shaker. I just love that thing. There's something about the taste and the flavor. It puts me in a happy mood and the color's yellow and that's happy too. And it could be something so silly and simple like that, you know? Um, but find something that just puts you in, in a good mood. Maybe it's a song. Music is so powerful. I actually just did a post on that this week, the power of music. And I think we're actually, well, you're going to do an episode on this because music is game changing. It will change your life. Um, and it really does change your mood and it really affects and impacts the brain in in a, a very profound way. And so it's really neat. Um, but all that to be said, we just thank you so much for, you know, hopping on and I hope some of these tips are really helpful and we can't wait to chat next week. See you next week.